Kings chapter 1. We're going to read verse 1 through 6. Very good question is asked here. That, uh, and I, I think this message is for uh, this is a message that's for Christians. I'm going to ask a question uh, that to you tonight that the prophet asked the king on here. And this question, this is one we obviously know the right answer to. And many times as Christians, especially you know, if you've been in church for a long time, you know, you've been around church, we know the right answers that we're supposed to give for things. You know, we all know that salvation is by grace through faith. You know, if, if I was to say, you know, do you believe there's a God? Of course we all believe there's a God. Do you believe that God can answer your prayers? Of course we believe that God can answer our prayers. However, much most of the time, or a lot of times, what we say we believe and yet the actions that go with our beliefs don't always line up. And we see that here in 2 Kings chapter 1. Let's read verse 1 through 6. It says, Then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. And Ahaziah fell down through the lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. This is not the same Ahaziah that we learned about this king of Judah. This is king of Syria, but the same name. And he was from around the same time as the Ahaziah we learned about on Wednesdays, but not, not the same Ahaziah. But it says in the angel of the Lord, uh, said unto Elijah the Tishbite, we all know who he is, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say unto them, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that ye go to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. And when the messengers turned back unto him, he said unto them, why are ye now turned back? And they said unto him, There came a man up to meet us, and said unto us, Go turn again unto the king that sent you, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that thou sendest to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Therefore thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. Notice this king here, he's dying, and he wants, he wants to know what's going to happen. And he's thinking, he, he wants to know the future. And like uh, many of the kings that had the false gods and things, many times they would go to false gods. And they had, they had the sorcery, and they had witchcraft, and you know people that did enchantments and things. That, that went on. That's been going on since the beginning of time. It was going on during that time. And this guy wanted to know the future. He wanted to know if he was going to, be, he was going to recover this disease. And so he goes to Beelzebub. Alright, not a good God. Beelzebub, uh, he was known as the fly God. And um, basically, you know, just uh, basically just Satan. Uh, you might remember Beelzebub was who uh, the Pharisees said that Jesus cast devils out by Beelzebub. You may, you may remember that. Same, same God being talked about there. And Elijah, tells, he said, asked this question, is it because there's not a God in Israel? He's wondering, why would you go to Beelzebub? You know, there is a God in Israel that you could have went and asked about this. There is a God that could have answered this question for you. In fact, you know, there's a God that could have healed you of your problem had you asked him, but he didn't ask him. And he said, because you went and inquired of Beelzebub, you're not going to recover from this disease. Oh, and by the way, 
That came from the Lord. Notice how Elijah said, Thus saith the Lord. And then the people, when they took the message back to him, they said, Thus saith the Lord. So this guy, he wanted to know the future, and he found out the future. It wasn't from the God that he wanted to ask. It was from the true God. And it wasn't the news that he was wanting to hear. But he did find out the truth. And I think it's safe to say from reading this passage, if he would have went to the God, the true God of Israel, Jehovah God, I believe that God may have shown mercy to him and maybe let him recover of that disease. I definitely think we've got Elijah the Tishbite here who did some pretty amazing miracles during his time. I think they could have handled that no problem, but he didn't go to, he didn't go to that God. He acted like there was no God in Israel. So he had to go to Beelzebub. And so really, and I, when I read this passage, it kind of reminds me of Christians sometimes. Okay? I'm talking about now I'm not talking about people of the world, I'm not talking about lost people, but talking about Christian people. And I want to just share a few things with you that I think personally that you know really and listen, I sometimes I have to include myself in some of these groups. But sometimes we act like there is no God. None of us in here would ever say there's not a God. However, sometimes we act like it. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, we have an example of that. Jesus is speaking. And He says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? When He says take no thought, He's not saying don't ever think about it. Obviously, we, you know, uh, you think about you got to make some plans, don't you? You have to plan. All right, how am I going to pay for you know? Uh, I got I got to pay for food. I've got to prepare meals. I, there's things that we need to plan on. But what he's talking about here is just worrying about it, thinking, am I going to starve to death? You know how many Christian people I've known who, when you talk to them, they talk like they're probably going to starve to death. Like there's a good chance they're going to die of starvation that week. Like they they talk like it's the end of the world, yet you still see them every week and they're doing fine. Fine, you might even see them the next week and they've gained a few pounds. I mean, they thought they were going to die of starvation, but they they didn't. But they acted like they were going to. And so many times we worry about everything. And God said, "Don't worry about it. There's more to life than eating and drinking. There's more to life." Than the clothes that you put on. Why worry about those things? And he gives examples. Behold the fowls of the air. They sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Notice how birds, they don't gather into barns. They don't store anything up. They take care of things day by day, don't they? And you know, they're not real worried about it. Have you ever seen a bird at the pharmacy checking out, you know, some, you know, getting some prescription anxiety medication or anything like that, or any animal. I mean, have you ever seen an animal that just, you know, looked like it was a nervous wreck and stressed out, needing to visit a psychiatrist? No, it doesn't do that. And I've seen, you know, maybe a deer if you corner or get scared, it might fear for its life. But they don't just they don't worry about things. They're very relaxed. They just they go on their way. They live day to day, and they're just fine. And so, and God, Jesus gives them as an example. They, they don't worry about these things. Why are you worried about them? Verse 27, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? We can't, we don't change things. We don't really help things by worrying about it. It doesn't get us anywhere. 
And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles, the, the lost, those that worship other gods, they worry about those things all the time. They seek after those things all the time. It is very normal for a lost person to maybe obsess about these things and for them to worry about these things. But he says, For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So, question is, is it because there is not a God that you worry all the time? Gentiles, they, they worry about these things a lot. I mean, they, they obsess over these things. They many times, uh, you know, they'll get caught, you know, they'll, they'll worry about it so much. They'll end up turning to drugs and alcohol and things just to help calm them down and just help bring them down because they get so anxious. They get so worried about it. That's the lost people. You know, and here he's talking to these Jewish people and he's saying the Gentiles do that. But your Heavenly Father, He's going to take care of those things. He knows what you need. We're here today. We're Christians. We believe God is our Father. So do you not believe He can take care of it? Is it because there's not a God that you worry about these things all the time? I mean, literally, sometimes when it comes to God's provision, Christian people act like there's no God. They don't, they don't pray about it. Why wouldn't you pray about it? Is it because there's not a God? You, well, I, no, I prayed about it. Well, then why are you still worried about it? Is it because there's not a God? And we all know the answer to that is, yes, there's a God, but yet we still worry, don't we? It's still very easy to get caught up in that. And I believe that when we do that, we really aren't, we're insulting God. We're basically saying that we have no faith. Or, Lord, we don't believe you can do this. Lord, I, we don't believe that you can feed us. When he feeds all the birds and the fish and animals of the world every day. And we don't think he can do it to us. We, many times, I'm afraid we act like there's no God. I sometimes wonder what lost people think when they see who are supposed to be Christian people. Maybe your co-workers, maybe your family members, they know you're a Christian. They know you go to church. And they and they see how, how you worry about things. They see you stressing out about these things. And they know just enough about religion. They know just enough about Bible. Maybe they went to a few Sunday school uh, lessons when they were kids. Or they went to a few church services. And they know just enough about the Bible to know that God's supposed to provide for your needs. And yet, we act like God can't provide for our needs. I believe many times as Christians we're horrible examples and we act like there's not a God in the way that we worry. Also, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, it says, talking about after you've been saved, or before you were saved, wherein in times time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, 
even as others? Is it because there's not a God that you just do whatever you want? It's amazing how many people these days who claim to be Christians, children of God, followers of God, but yet they don't keep His commandments. They claim to love God. And the Bible says, if you love Me, keep My commandments, but you see the lifestyle that they live? You see the sin that's in their life? And the question that comes to my mind, is it because there's not a God? We see here that before somebody's saved, they walk according to the prince of power of the air, the children that now work within the children of disobedience. They were, they're by nature the children of wrath. It makes sense that the lost would do the wicked things that they do. But for a Christian who's supposed to be saved, who's supposed to have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in them, for them to just do whatever they want doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the question sometimes I just want to ask Christian people is it do you really believe in God? Do you really love God? If you do, why would you live that way? Why would you disobey his commandments? I mean, they know the verses. They know what the Bible says about these things, and yet they just go ahead and do whatever they want. Absolutely no restrictions on their life. It's amazing how many preachers today are scared to death to get specific about sin, to preach uh, to preach against sin because they're afraid they're going to upset what's supposed to be God's people, what's supposed to be the children of God. And I understand the world not liking it. I can understand why if there was a bunch of lost people here that weren't saved, maybe they get they hear us, you know, talking about holy living and maybe talking about even you know things like dress standards or listening to godly music and not getting involved with the filth of this world. I can see them getting upset by it. I can see them getting uncomfortable and not liking it. But for people who are supposed to be Christians, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Is it because there's not a God? Is it because He's not holy? Do you think that's okay? I mean, what makes people think that a holy God and the Holy Spirit that dwells inside them would be okay with the lifestyle that they're living? You even look at some of the stuff that's going on in churches today, in the services, the type of music, the, the dancing, the way the people are dressed, the behavior. And you've got to ask yourself, is it because there's not a God? Why would they think for one? Is it because He's not holy? that they would think that that type of activity and that type of behavior is okay. And I think when Elijah asked Ahaziah this question, I think Ahaziah would have said, well, of course there's a God in Israel. But he acted like there wasn't when he completely ignored the God of Israel and went after another God. And many times we do the same thing. But also, uh, is it because there's not a God that you're not interested in serving him. Philippians chapter 3:14, Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's amazing how many people who claim to be children of God, they go to church, say they're saved, but yet when it comes to serving God, not real interested. And is it because there's not a God? I think most people you know, if the President of the United States asked them to do something, maybe wanted to appoint a position, you know, they say it's your patriotic duty. You know, if a president asks you to do something, I mean, you just, you've just you got to do it. 
if he asked you to have, uh, have a position or serve a role, and people would feel honored if the President of the United States wanted to appoint them uh, to a certain position. And yet, God wants to appoint us to things. He wants us you know, to be you know, the pastors and Sunday school teachers and church workers. He, God wants us to do that. He wants His children to do that. And people are not interested. Not interested in serving God. But yet, some company... If they were, you know, some if they were to offer you a job, boy, you just go crazy over that. Oh man, I get to work for you know this company. It's a great company. You know they they have a great reputation. They have a great product. They have great benefits. They have great pay. Well, wait a minute. What about God, who promises to provide for all your needs? What about God, who promises that all things work together for good to them who are called of God, to them uh, to them who are called according to His purpose? That sounds like a pretty good benefit to me. You know, what about the verse in the Bible says, I have been young and I am now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. If we're serving God, if you're doing God's will, He's promised you will never be begging bread. I've seen, I've seen, quote, Christian people begging bread, but not the righteous. Not those who are following the calling of God and doing what God wants them to do. And yet people these days, they act like they have no interest at all in serving God. And I don't think anybody, if if you asked anybody, hey, would you like to serve God? Do you want to serve God? Oh yeah, of course I want to serve God. You know, but at the same time, do they? Do they really? And you just got to ask sometime, is it because there's not a God? I could understand if there wasn't a God not wanting to do a lot of these things. I could I could understand that, but there is a God, and therefore I want to do these things. I want to I, I want to be in His service. I want to do what He wants to do. Is it because there's not a God that you're not interested in His book? This morning, in church, we talked about the Bible, and we read the verse John one one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We say we love Jesus Christ, yet this book. From cover to cover, Old Testament and New Testament, it's all about Jesus Christ. And yet people are not they're not interested in it. Boy, they'll be get all excited. You know, Hillary Clinton just wrote another book. Alright, you know, and you know, it was all over the news and people wanted to go buy it and get you know get her autograph from it and everything. And you know, big deal. You know, presidents, uh, you know, they'll they'll write books and it'll be a big deal and everybody wanna buy it. Uh, but here God wrote a book specifically to us. For us, let me tell you, the benefits of reading this book are limitless. The, the benefits of reading Hillary Clinton's book, I can't really think of any. <laughs> okay. But you see, what I, you see what I'm saying? People will go nuts over that. But th- listen, this is God's Word. So why wouldn't we be interested in it? You know, why wouldn't people want to read it? Why wouldn't they want to learn about it? Why wouldn't they want to hear things, you know, preached about from it and taught from it? Why wouldn't, why, is it because there's not a God? You know, people, these, you know, everybody today, it's amazing how they are about, you know, they're wanting to find some other type of intelligent life out there somewhere. I mean, you know, they, you know, they, we've spent millions of dollars to go and get you know this, that machine up on Mars, so they could go and look for stuff and see if there's any signs of life, or even signs that there may have been life at one time. Millions of dollars we've spent 
on those things. I mean, and you know, if they ever, if they just found a bug, a microscopic bug on Mars, they would be thrilled to death. I mean, they would go nuts if they just found a bug on Mars. And yet, we believe there is a God that He's in heaven, that He's real, that He's an all-present God that can actually answer our prayers, that someday we are going to see face-to-face, and yet we're not real interested in that. I mean, we believe we say we believe that there's a heaven that we are going to, we're going to spend eternity there. Can you imagine? Listen, if uh, if you found out, well, for, uh, we did this back when we were looking for houses. Okay, whenever there was a house that we you know we'd go online, we'd look at Realtor.com, and we would try to find a house that we thought interested us. And every time we would see a listing on there for a house, hey, this looks good, we would look at every single picture we could find of the inside of that house. I would go on Google Earth, on the internet, and I would go and I would kind of look at it from the sky, just look at the yard, look at the area surrounding it, just see, trying, to, trying to learn as much about that area as I possibly could. And then I'd go, if it looked interesting, we'd go drive out there and look around. You know, we'd call Brother West, hey, can we go look at this house? Trying to find out everything we could about this house that we may move to someday. And yet... And it's a place that, you know, and we eventually found a house. And we did. We looked at, we, I, I looked at it on Google Earth. I looked at it on the Internet. I looked at Google Streets. And I, I looked at everything I could find on the Internet about that house. And we lived there. And you know what? We might live at that house for the next 10, 20, 30 years. I don't know how long we'll live at that house. If our family keeps getting bigger, probably won't be too long. <laughs> unless we put some kind of an addition on the place. But, okay, and people today, we are Christians, we believe someday we're going to live in heaven for eternity. Yet, we're not really interested in what the Bible has to say about heaven. People, you know, you can get up and you can preach a message about heaven, and it doesn't even get anybody excited. They don't even really seem to care about it. Is it because there is not a God? I mean, we're, we, we believe that our loved ones who have gone on before us are going to be there. And yet, you can go and you can talk about seeing your loved ones that have passed on and people just stand there with a blank look in their face. Do you not really believe in this? Is it because is it, someday we'll be able to see Jesus Christ face to face, and yet people just don't seem interested? They're not interested in this book. I, I want to find out everything I can about it. I want to find out everything I can about heaven. You know, we you know we a while back, you know, we studied the end times, studying Revelation, studying Daniel. Why why are we doing that? Because we know what's going to happen someday. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we want to find we want to know as much as we can ahead of time. I, I want to know about it. I, I'm I'm curious. I'm anxious to, to find out about it. And that's why I love studying this word, because I believe that there is a God. I believe I am going to see Him one day. I'm going to stand before Him. There is going to be a judgment seat of Christ that I'm, where I'm going to stand before God. I am going to be. Uh, there's going to be rewards that that I receive for my works. I believe that, and therefore it's going to affect my actions. But many people today who say, yeah, "I know about all that stuff," yeah, I believe all that stuff, but yet their actions say something completely different. They are not interested in the book, not interested in the house of God, not interested in any of those things. 
And it said, Elijah, he wasn't being smart when he said, is there because there's not a God? I think he was wondering, do if, if you're going and inquiring of Beelzebub, do you not believe there's a God in Israel? You not do you not believe in that God? And sometimes you almost want to ask Christian people, do you really believe in God? Do you really believe that He's real? Also, James four two says talks about how it says you have not because you ask not. Sometimes people will talk about the needs they have and the difficult things that they're going through. And you, did you pray? Well, no. Or maybe, yeah, well, yeah, I kind of prayed. Well, what are you worried about? Man, most of the time people didn't pray. It's like, why didn't you pray? Is it because there's not a God? Maybe they're having a physical problem. Hey, did you pray about it? No. Why? Do you not think God can heal you of this? Many times prayer is the very last resort that we go to. You know when people really start praying these days when it comes to something physical is when a doctor comes in and says, you're going to die. Now all of a sudden they're going to pray. Instead of praying before. And we believe there's a God. Therefore, I think prayer would be the first thing that we would do. But many times it's the last thing. Is because there's not a God that people are not interested in God's house or His people. 1 John 3, verse 14 says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We see here, the Bible says one of the ways that we know that we're saved, that we know, we know we've passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. We love God's people. We want to be around God's people. And yet people these days, it's almost like you've got to twist their arms to get them to come to church. I mean, you got to get on their case. You got to bug them. You got to give them wake up calls. I mean, you, sometimes I feel like you almost have to drag some people out the door, kicking and screaming, to get them into the house of God. And then to you know to get them to come into the house of God on a Sunday evening or on a Wednesday night. How inconvenient! I mean, how you know how disruptive to my schedule. Hey, if you love somebody, you're going to want to be around them. God, you're going to want to be around God's people, and Unfortunately, many people these days who are Christians, not only are they not real faithful to the house of God, they sometimes act like they don't like it. Oh, i got to go to church today. Use any excuse they can to get out of the house of God. And the question is, is it because there's not a God? Why would, if there's a God, would you want to come and gather with other believers and worship that God? Would you want to sing praises to that God. You know, I enjoy singing praises to God. I enjoy singing by myself. I like driving down the road, listening to music and just singing away. But you know what? I like singing in church too with God's people. I love on Sunday mornings when we're all here together and everyone's singing out good and loud, singing those hymns. I enjoy that. I love doing that. I like when we're able to pray together and when... Uh, and just you know, to be together with God's people, it is a wonderful thing. We're doing what God commanded us to do. We're, we have that assembling that God uh, 
commissioned us to do. And so we can worship God, so we can learn more about His Word. When we do this, when we have church, we're being obedient to God. We're not just doing this for fun. I mean, this is a real thing that we're doing for a real God. And people's lack of interest in it today, Christian people's lack of interest, you almost wonder, is it because there's not a God? Is there not a God that you serve in that church? Does God not? I mean, do you do you really believe that you're serving a real God? Do you believe He can see what you're doing? Do you believe that that God notices if you are in the house of God or out on a fishing boat instead? Do you think God notices that? And unfortunately, like I said, many times what we say and what we do send two completely different messages. And most people today, they will say that they believe in God. But unfortunately, our actions seem to say something completely different. If we did a survey in this town, I'm sure, I'm going to guess probably a majority of people in Sterling Rock Falls, if you were to ask them, do you believe that there's a God? Yes, I believe that there's a God. And then if you ask them, did you go to church Sunday? I'll bet it wouldn't be a majority. Not just not just a majority of our community. I'll bet a majority of the people who say they believe there's a God didn't. And then the question would be, why? Is it because there's not a God? That you didn't go to church? If you ask most people, do you believe God can hear your prayers? I imagine most people, especially people who say they believe in God, of course I believe that. Did you pray this week? You know, Do you believe that this is God's Word? Yeah, I believe Have you read it? When was the last time you read it? When was the last time you studied it? Are you, are you doing what God's Word says to do? You see what I'm saying here? Is that we do we know all the right things to say. We've been, you know, we've been programmed. We've heard the preaching. We know the right answers. We know when to say amen. We know all those things. But yet, our actions sometimes are completely different. And I don't think you know, most people are necessarily you know, going to Baal's above and going to false gods to try to get answers for things. But you know what? We do turn to a lot of things other than God. Many people today, you know, Christian people, church-going people, I mean, whenever they get down and depressed, instead of turning to God in prayer, they turn to drugs and alcohol. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning, about you know, should a Christian drink wine? And they are they're turning to that because they think uh, I'm 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 hopeless I'm desperate there's nothing I can do why is it because there's not a God and you know prayer all these things across the board we have got to start acting like there is a God I know we know the answers if we were to take a test up here and I was to have questions on there like is there a God can he save you can he answer your prayers I guarantee you we would all get a hundred percent on that test. It would be a whole lot easier than the one we took Wednesday if we did that. But at the same time, how we live, I imagine if we were to score that, I don't know if we'd all get 100% on that. And that's what really makes a difference is how we live. That's what's going to set the example. That's what's going to help us be a light to the world. If we can be a people that we're not worrying all the time about everything, 
We're not the one that's always down and depressed. We live a life of godliness. We don't just do whatever we want to do. We're involved in serving God and being a blessing to other people. We're interested in the book. We read the Bible. We know what the Bible says. I mean, we're praying people. We're church going people. All these things, when we when we do these actions, basically what we're doing is we're saying with our actions, not just our words, that there is a God. The activities and the wickedness that's going on in this world today that seems like everybody's doing it. And people look at us like we're crazy sometimes because we don't do what they do. Hey, you know why I'm not doing what you do? Because I believe there's a God. Have you ever noticed You know, kids, they sometimes will act one way in front of their parents and another way when their parents aren't around. You ever seen that before? Maybe a child just out of control, you know, doing something bad, and you know, boy, it's like, boy, if their parents could see what they're doing now, they would be acting different. And you're absolutely right. If their parents were watching, they would be acting different. But as, and as Christians, that's kind of how it is with us. We understand that God is always watching us, and so when we're out in public and everybody else is doing something, we're not going to do it. We're not, going to, we're not going to get involved in it because we don't. God's watching us. God's paying attention to what's going on. My kids, you know, they probably they might have told you about it before, but you know, we were at a wedding a little over a year ago, and at the reception, the kids got out of control. At this reception, it was it was actually pretty funny to watch. I mean, it it was bad, and the workers at the place they tried settling the kids down a few times. It didn't work. And the kids were just literally running on the stage, dancing around the stage, sliding all over the place. I mean, it, it was it was pandemonium, literally. And you know what? My kids, they were standing there, and they were just watching. They weren't doing it. Now I I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not just trying to butter my kids up, but I you know sometimes I wonder if me and Cassandra hadn't been there. <laughs> <laughs> would they have been? <laughs> I, I, I don't think they would have been as bad as some of them would. But, you know, it, at the same time, you know, it makes sense that they wouldn't be doing that. We were there. <laughs> and they would have known, yeah, if I was up there doing that right now, my dad is going to come up there and he's going to drag me off that stage and I'm in big trouble. And they, you know, they wouldn't have done that because they knew mom and dad are here. They're watching. Those other kids' parents were there too, but they obviously didn't care. God cares about what we do. And that's how we ought to be. We ought, when everything else is going, when everyone else is going crazy, when the whole world is doing something else, we say, "That's not us." Our father would not be okay with that. Your father might be okay with you acting that way, like we read about in Ephesians chapter two. You're the, the devil, he's fine with you doing that. He's not going to get upset with you that. But our father will be very angry. And there is a God. And I am going to stand before Him someday. And so are you. But I intend to act like it in the meantime. I want to back it up with my actions because there is a guidance. Let's all stand together tonight.